Part Eight of Herein Is Love by Rule Howe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. Herein Is Love a study of the biblical doctrine of love in its bearing on personality parenthood teaching and all other human relationships by rule l howe part eight sense of initiative the third objective of love is to help the individual achieve a sense of initiative at the age of four or five a child is faced with his next crisis and must take his next big step he must find out what kind of person he is going to be his search will be strengthened by his experience of trust and by whatever power of autonomy he has dr erickson points out that he wants to be like his parents who seem very wonderful to him, but who at the same time present him with very real threats. During this age, he plays at being his parents. According to Dr. Erickson, there are three strong developments which help him, but which also contribute to his crisis. Quote, First, he learns to move around more freely and more violently, and therefore establishes a wider and so it seems to him an unlimited radius of goals two his sense of language becomes perfected to the point where he understands and can ask about many things just enough to misunderstand them thoroughly and three both language and locomotion permit him to expand his imagination over so many things that he cannot avoid frightening himself with what he himself has dreamed and thought up and nevertheless out of all this he must emerge with a sense of unbroken initiative as a basis for a high and yet realistic sense of ambition and independence End quote. initiative is the power that moves the individual to take over the role of others the boy his father the girl her mother later as the driver of the car and later still leadership roles of various kinds the struggles in the process are accompanied by feelings of anxiety of inadequacy and of guilt Feelings of inadequacy in relation to the size and powers of the adult can be considerable, and the feelings of guilt in response to the daydreams about replacing daddy, for instance, are crucial and too often are unrecognized by many parents and teachers. They need to recognize and accept the developmental reasons for the child's preoccupations and fantasies about himself in relation to them and their roles and functions. Furthermore, it is entirely appropriate for him to be physically aggressive toward others, to overwhelm them with his incessant chattering, his aggressive getting into things, 
and his insatiable curiosity about everything. The objective of love at this time is to provide the child with a reasonable freedom within which to develop his initiative with a minimum sense of guilt in relation to its exercise and with the hope that by so doing he will become a person whose creativity will not be frustrated by an overdeveloped sense of guilt in contrast many people are embarrassed by recognition of their achievements and are prevented from achievement because of guilt feelings that block their creative efforts unfortunately too much religious teaching has made people feel guilty about initiative and aggressiveness both of which can be expressed creatively from childhood on lives are hedged about by prohibitions in relation to persons bearing authority by belittling attitudes toward themselves and toward their drives to compete and to get ahead so that people become self-restricted and are kept from living up to their inner capacities or from using their powers of imagination and feeling while some withdraw into a dull kind of existence others overcompensate in a great show of tireless initiative and a quality of go-additiveness at all costs these people often overdo to a point where they can never relax and they feel that their worth as people consists entirely in what they are doing rather than in what they are the objective of love is to help the child accept the necessary structures authorities and personal roles in relation to which he must live so that he may grow in his capacity to love persons and to use things during this stage of life children often turn to other adults for companionship and guidance they do so because the conflicts between themselves and these new adults do not seem to be as great as with their own parents they need these fresh relationships where they can exercise initiative without too much conflict and guilt here the school and church with its trained teachers and workers have an opportunity to supplement and even to correct the experiences that children are having at home we should remember however that the identifications with the parent are important and that the experiences the youngsters are having with others should be of a complementary nature even if they also are corrective another and supplementary objective of love is the provision of a relationship by parents or others in which a spirit of equality makes possible an experience of doing things together instead of a relationship in which the child has to compete unequally with the adult fathers for instance may be of great help to their son boys are apt to feel that their fathers are too big too powerful and too skillful 
but if the father will base the relationship on some interest or experience common to them both the boy has an opportunity to grow in initiative and to develop his capacities without a sense of unequal competition the answer to the child's questions who am i and who are you will then be i am what i conceive myself to be and you are what i conceive you to be according to my understanding of how you have revealed yourself at this particular time in the development of the individual there begin to be formed the powerful images of ourselves and others that aid or hinder our relationship with one another sense of industry a fourth objective of love is to help the individual to a sense of industry for the child has now become a busy little person who needs to learn how to be busy with things and persons a child's busyness begins with his play children play separately at first in their youngest years they may sit apart in the same room each playing with his own things and each oblivious of the other except when one may discover that the other has something he wants later as they grow and mature there begins what we call parallel play they play alongside of each other now they are aware of each other and each keeps an eye on his playmate their separate playing seems to have an influence on the other in that they imitate each other then at a still later stage they begin to play together the high point of this achievement still later is team play which begins in adolescence or even earlier now begins the capacity for directed fellowship the fellowship of a team is to be respected membership on the team may mean more to the boy than membership in his church and this may cause ministers parents and teachers considerable anxiety instead they should relax and be glad for the youngster's experience because team play is providing him with an experience of relationship that later will become the basis for his understanding of the ultimate meaning of all relationships they should accept the youngster's experience and use it creatively to help him understand the nature of the church our relationship as brothers and the captaincy of christ in team play also we see the occurrence of something that is very much a part of christian character in order for there to be team play it is necessary for every member of the team to die to the desire in him to be the whole show a mature team member has learned that his strength and skills depend on the strength and skills of others this is the theology of the playground what has been learned in play may be translated into work then since a man's work is one of the great spheres in which he may exercise his ministry as a representative of christ the learning of this profound lesson in the process of play 
is an important part of his religious education. And it can be religious, even though it may not be learned in the formal church. The transition from play to work takes place gradually. Children become dissatisfied with play and make-believe, and have a growing need to be useful, to make things well, and therefore to acquire a sense of industry. They also learn to win recognition by producing things. Through play they advance to new stages of real mastery in the use of toys and things, and learn to master experience by meditation, experimenting, and planning. The home, the school, and the church should try to help them to make this transition easily in order that they may develop this sense of industry without a sense of inadequacy. If they are pushed too strenuously to produce, a sense of inadequacy may result, especially when they still want to be cuddled and cared for. Family life has the responsibility of preparing the youngsters for school, where, in the context of their play experiences, they accept the disciplines of work. Relaxed teachers are needed who understand the process by which children learn to move from play to work and who can encourage them to make this transition without either sparing them the needed disciplines or imposing them too strenuously. Here we see an area in which the role of the family and the role of the school are complementary. The acquisition of a sense of industry is a decisive step in learning to do things with others and alongside others. This will become a major source of satisfaction and the area of his greatest service. Sense of Identity A fifth objective of love is to nurture in the human being a sense of identity which is acquired and consolidated in a new way during adolescence. Dr. Erickson describes identity as the, quote, accrued confidence that one's ability to maintain inner sameness and continuity is matched by the sameness and continuity of one's meaning for others, end quote. As an individual develops and acquires skills, he thinks of himself as one who can do things, and his important people may hold a variety of expectations of him. He is clumsy. He never can do anything right. Or, I can always count on him. He's got the right stuff in him. Out of his achievements and the attitudes of others toward him, his sense of self-esteem and prestige is built little by little. As crisis after crisis is passed and the individual meets each of them with reasonable resourcefulness and receives the encouragement and recognition of others, he begins to believe in himself, to have a consistent expectation of what he will do in the face of various circumstances and relationships. In this way, 
he begins to acquire a style of living which is his own and which contributes to his sense of identity and to others' identification of him. In the achievement of a sense of self-identity, the child needs models with which to identify himself. Especially is this true during his adolescence. He needs association with men who are clear about being men, and women who are clear about being women, and who are capable of and practice a reasonably wholesome relationship with each other. He needs men and women who have convictions, who can distinguish between right and wrong, who hold these convictions firmly and yet not rigidly. He needs guides and counselors who can help him bring together and concentrate his various and fluctuating drives and interests, and who are not dismayed or misled by the inconsistencies and fluctuations that may accompany his development. He needs help in choosing a job because self-identification is dependent upon some kind of occupational identity. Finally, he needs help in acquiring as a part of his sense of self-identity a sense of vocation, of being called to something that is greater than himself which will draw him forth as a participant in the deepest meaning of life. The providing of this kind of relationship to help the individual acquire an indispensable sense of identity is another of love's objectives. Unfortunately, however, in our complex and technical society, the models after which the youngsters may now pattern themselves are not as clear as they might be. People are having to undergo tremendous adjustments in a time of rapid technical growth, as a result of which their image of the world in which they live is changing, producing, therefore, uncertainties in themselves, and making it more difficult for adolescents. Our changing age creates many difficulties for changing adolescence. Cultural conditions often force young people to band together in groups or movements that provide them with a point of focus by means of which they stereotype themselves and their ideals. This is one way in which they acquire stability and a sense of direction. We need, however, to be tolerant of this and to recognize its purpose. We need to realize also that if we provide them with alternatives, their need for these stereotypes may disappear. The church has a special role here. Most of the committee, whose discussion we read in chapter 1, gave no evidence of being able to provide young people with the kind of models they need, for there was nothing heroic, clear-cut, or creative about them. Their faith was defensive, and it did not deal with the realities of life. Young people turn away from that kind of religion, and quite rightly, they need men and women whose religion instead of being a defense against life, 
provides them with the courage to move into life and become a part of it to accept its problems and wrestle honestly for its meanings whose style of christian living is not compulsive but liberated not pretentious but honest whose reverence for god is not confined to the sanctuary but is exhibited in responsible relations with people they need models who because of their religious faith are able to admit when they are wrong and can ask for forgiveness without feeling a loss of personal dignity they need religious teachers who can portray both by word and by example the great personalities of the tradition the heroes and saints teachers who are clear about what their contribution really is who can make clear to youth the heroism of a man of faith and let it stand forth without all the confusions of superstitious veneration they need a church and religious teachers and members that have a sense of mission a reason and purpose for living that is related to all the exciting meanings of human life instead of being concerned with such irrelevancies as churchism parochialism institutionalism and other modern idols in the context of this kind of example adolescence even in complex modern industrial america with all its confused values will have the aid they need in order to move through the intricacies of their development and emerge with a sense of personal identity and a capacity for relationship sense of integrity a final objective of love is to help the individual who by now has become an adolescent and is fast approaching the threshold of adult life to achieve a sense of integrity the acquisition of the senses of trust autonomy initiative industry and identity through the years of his development should prepare him for responsible living with himself and others much depends as we have seen on the ability and willingness of those in his environment to accept respond to and guide him but there is still unfinished business with which we must help him namely the achievement of a sense of integrity a sense of integrity includes a capacity for intimacy with others more than sexual intimacy is meant although that is of more importance than many religious people want to admit for the moment however we are thinking of intimacy in a general sense of our capacity to participate in the meanings of one another's lives to fuse into relationships without losing our respective identities we see young people striving to achieve this kind of relation with each other through their talking things over endlessly by confessing what one feels like and what the other seems like and by sharing dreams ideals and ambitions where this is not achieved by early adulthood the individual may find himself separated from others except for formal and stereotyped interpersonal relations 
only the person who is capable of intimacy can become a partner in any relationship people who marry with the hope of achieving the power of intimacy are often disappointed because mutually fulfilling sexual intimacy requires a capacity for personal intimacy what we are trying to say here is that before one can become a partner one must first be a person with this we have reached a kind of summary in the development of our thesis which might be stated as follows a person is called into being out of relationship but the person in his separateness is necessary to the achievement of a new relationship intimacy is not only platonic but sexual as well the growing person needs help in acquiring a potential capacity for mutual satisfying intimacy with a partner of the opposite sex heterosexual mutuality has religious significance since sexual intimacy is supposed to be an outward and visible sign of personal intimacy yet religion is often strangely silent in this area and our young people are often misled a teenager recently said i don't go much for this platonic stuff when asked why he said i guess i'm too much of a wolf when asked what he meant by being a wolf he said that he was interested only in making love to a girl his view of intimacy which is similar to that of many other young people reveals at least two misunderstandings first the separation in his mind between the platonic kind of relationship and the sexual and secondly his association of the sexual with wolf which is a symbol of the subhuman religious teaching needs to affirm sexual intimacy as a part of people's lives and nurture them so that their sexual relationships may be a means of grace rather than a source of guilt the achievement of intimacy general and specific leads to the development of another capacity essential to integrity namely the capacity for generation whether of offspring or creativity of some other kind generative capacity is basic to an individual's assumption of responsibility and to his ability to initiate and bring to fulfillment new life or new expressions of life the power of origination is open to anyone and we can either affirm the power or deny it if we deny it we shall have to find substitutes which usually are subpersonal and which involve us in a kind of superficial but unfulfilling intimacy on the other hand the person with integrity is one who can initiate creativity of his own or consent to and participate in the creativity of others as dr erickson has pointed out he can be both a leader and a follower these are qualities and values needed by all men and the cultivation of them is the task of the church and the purpose of its teaching the objectives of love we see are not abstract but specific and concrete 
love calls forth persons and reunites life with life by providing the relationships in which the created needs of men are met the environment of saving love is needed to produce out of our biological nature and the physical world in which we live the image of god in each of us and the kingdom of god for all of us end of part eight recording by bill mosley lano county texas usa